From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hi, this is Graham VK4BB, and have you noticed that the days are getting longer? Yes, the winter solstice has now passed us. This is the news for week commencing June 24, 2012. High power trial, new LTE exclusion area in the Perth area. As part of ongoing discussions with the ACMA by the Wireless Institute of Australia, advice has been received that a new long-term evolution or an LTE trial commenced in Perth on the 1st of June in the 700 megahertz spectrum segment. LTE trials are authorised by the ACMA by way of scientific licence to cover the trial period. The ACMA has advised that no applications from advanced licensees for variations to their standard licences to operate high power within a 40-kilometre radius of Midland would be approved. Meanwhile, the LTE in the Bendigo region has extended. However, the scientific licence that authorises this trial does not expire until September. One of the world's most powerful supercomputers is planned for Perth to process vast amounts of data being collected by radio telescopes in West Australia's Murchison region. WA Today said the supercomputer is to be housed near the Curtin University in the southern Perth suburb of Kensington. The machines will initially process data from existing radio telescopes based at the Murchison Radio Astronomy Observatory, but is free to expand for use in the International Square Kilometre Array project. It was decided in May that Australia would share the 2 billion SKA project with South Africa. 3,000 dishes and a discovery potential 10,000 times greater than the best contemporary instruments. The SKA will observe such things as what happened after the Big Bang and how galaxies evolved and will attempt to uncover more about the dark matter that fills the majority of the universe. The ACMA Spectrum Conference this year saw the ongoing work associated with the review of 400 MHz spectrum that also includes our 70 SEMS meter allocation. Currently, the amateur service has secondary allocation between 420 and 450 MHz. In its last report from the ACMA on the review issued April 2010, they advised that the allocation for the amateur service between 430 and 450 would not be affected from any rearrangements. They cited, however, a possible need for some temporary use by other services in the segment 440 to 450 MHz during the transition period. In the amateur secondary segment, 420 to 430, some geographic areas around Australia, well, amateur use has already been withdrawn. At the conference, the ACMA has flagged that they will be seeking consultation with the WIA on withdrawal of the amateur service in this segment across the rest of Australia. The major use of this segment by amateurs is fixed links and the like where ACMA databases list around 126 assignments across 35 licensees. It's expected these will be relocated to the 430 to 450 MHz region. In Australia's most wanted and a request for information, do you know anything about the Althorpe Island Lighthouse wireless communication operations? Lighthouses of Australia, a volunteer group whose aim is the preservation of Australian lighthouses, is looking for information on this famous Australian lighthouse, Althorpe Island Lighthouse. If anybody can elaborate on what has already been researched or know what type of radio systems were employed, please send it to Ross VK2 Victor Victor Victor. 
Now, Ross's email address is vk2vvv at wia.org.au and you can read a lot more about this Althorpe Island Lighthouse in the text edition of this week's WIA National News. July 7-8, VK3, Gipps Tech 2012, Monash University, Gippsland Campus, Churchill. It is not too late to register for this long-running Australian event. Peter Freeman, VK3, PF, says registration close June 30. Radio and Electronics Association of Southern Tasmania have as a July presentation pulses, black holes and atomic clocks with Jim Palfreyman. Jim's background is computer science and maths and he's just finished his thesis for a master's in astrophysics, studying pulsars using the radio telescope at Richmond. And Jim also has a passion for accurate time and he assists in looking after the university's hydrogen master atomic clocks. And he also owns the old Hobart speaking clock and keeps it running and accurate. Still in VK7, VK7 Romeo, Romeo, Romeo is the southernmost D-Star repeater in the world and the first and only public D-Star repeater in Tasmania. Prior to VK7RRR, Tasmania was the only Australian state or territory that didn't have at least one D-Star repeater. VK7RRR operates on the 70 SEMS band, 438.125 transmit with 50 watts, and its receiver is 432.725, and it is connected to Australian D-Star reflector, REF 003C. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News. In Mildura, it can be heard on VK3 RMA 146.800 every Sunday at 9.30am. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Hello, this is Philip VK3JNI. Over the weekend that this broadcast goes to air, I will be assisting with a Foundation Amateur Radio course. In preparing for the course, I am quite excited, as this is the largest number of applicants that we have had for some time. Many of these young people are under 18 years old. Undoubtedly, these young people have been encouraged by previous scout judge activities and their active support of one or two parents and their leaders. I wonder how many other young people would be interested in amateur radio if we could encourage their leaders, teachers or parents to consider the idea. The idea of Year 11 and 12 physics students studying waves and propagation via amateur radio does appeal to me. I can foresee the schools being approached by a small delegation from the local club, maybe with a donation of a foundation manual for the school library in hand. Would the school be interested in hosting a foundation course after hours or over the weekend? To paraphrase someone else's slogan, we may never, never know if we never, never go and try. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. What use is an F-call? Some days you chew off more than you bargained for. Today I wanted to know a little bit more about propagation, the radio kind, not the plant variety. Four hours later I'm still reading. Everyone has an opinion, everyone's an expert, and some people can even put together a coherent story on their website. What did I learn so far? 
I didn't know that the Bureau of Meteorology has a space weather branch. It's called IPS, or the Ionospheric Prediction Service, and their website is full of goodies. Then there's an article by Ian Poole, which appeared in the September 2002 edition of QST magazine, explaining how the solar flux, the K-index, and the A-index affect your ability to talk to the other side of the world with your HF set. So it seems that the numbers are related to things that affect each other. A high solar flux is good, but it's adversely affected by a high K-index, which in turn is represented as an average A-index. Confused yet? So, the K-index runs between 0 and 9, 9 being a very major storm, 0 being quiet. Quiet is good, storm is bad. The higher the solar flux, the better it is for higher HF frequencies. The solar flux needs to build up, takes a few days, so you need quiet and a high solar flux for a few days and magic happens. I'm not confident enough with all of this to tell you what to look for, but it seems that a solar flux of 150 or more for a few days, with a K-index below 2, will give you a good chance of getting some DX contact. Now I realise that this might just be gobbledygook for you. In fact, four hours ago, it was for me too. But now, when someone talks about the solar flux being high, at least I have an idea of what on earth they're talking about. Next stop, figuring out how to read propagation maps. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. NZART 5 MHz Working Party. WRC 15 will consider a possible new allocation to the amateur service on a secondary basis within the band 5250 to 5450 kHz and invited the ITURs to study spectrum requirements to carry out sharing studies on the impact to other services currently allocated in the band referred to in the invites ITUR1 and in the adjacent bands. Not letting the grass grow under their feet. Well, if they did, those pesky ZL sheep would be in like Flynn. Well, Don Wallace ZL2TLL is putting together an ANZRT working party to look at what New Zealand can gather to support an international allocation in the 5 MHz area. Does the radiation of your mobile phone cause health issues or other electronic interference? In the USA, this topic has not been visited for more than 15 years. So the FCC is ready again to study the effects, if any. The chairman of the FCC will be asking his fellow commissioners to approve a notice that will permit the agency to open a formal inquiry on the matter. London bound? Ofcom has announced that a small block of the amateur radio 144 MHz band is to be used for the London 2012 Summer Olympic Games and the RSGB say to minimise the impact on amateurs, a small block of 12.5 kHz channels ranging from 144.0125 MHz to 144.1375 MHz for the period 27 July to 28 August 2012 only will be out of band. 125 candidates passed the RAE in May. A total number of 144 candidates wrote the Amateur Radio Examination Class A in May this year in South Africa. 
the pass rate was 81%, with 116 candidates passing the examination. Ten candidates wrote the Class B examination, of which nine candidates passed. The youngest candidate to sit the examination was just 11 years old. To the other end of the spectrum, 90-year-old UK ham gets master's degree. Bert Gladwin G3FVO, a former MI6 electronics engineer, has become the United Kingdom's oldest new graduate at the age of 90. During World War II, he served with the Royal Air Force and developed an interest in radio communications. After the war, he worked for the Marconi Company and obtained his amateur radio licence. Gladwin then worked for the Foreign Affairs Office setting up communication systems for British embassies around the world. He embarked on his degree in Intelligence History and Bletchley Park Studies at the age of 89. Bert Gladwin's advice to anyone considering a degree is to go for it at any age, and he considers that it's never too late to learn. More is online at tinyurl.com forward slash grad at 90. Hello, sailor. A Finnish cruise line with Radio Arcala, OH8X, are in the process of testing whether a permanent amateur radio station will suit the maritime environment and serve DXs in their leisure time whether cruising in the Mediterranean, off the West Africa, or just doing island hopping in the Caribbean. The objective for the first run is to look at potential interference issues both ways, from the amateur radio station to the ship's navigation system, and from the ship's advanced PC networks to the reception of amateur radio transmissions. Now news from AR Newsline USA. DJ6 versus Greece, the court decision. A court decision in the case of DXer Baldur Drobnica, DJ6SI, who stood trial last week in Greece on three charges involving his operation of an amateur radio station on the vacation island of Kos. The three crimes he was eventually charged with were conducting radio traffic without permission from the Greek government, operating a transceiver that covered more spectrum than just a ham radio band permitted by Greece, and his refusal to surrender his equipment to the officer who investigated the incident. According to a note posted on the Internet by his attorney, Drobnica was acquitted on counts one and two after the court ruled that he was a properly licensed amateur radio operator. However, he was convicted on the third count of refusing to surrender his equipment to the arresting officer. No word of what penalties, if any, were imposed on a single-count conviction. However, his lawyer is reported to have already filed an appeal on count three, and the court is expected to hold a separate trial on this issue at a later date. Please keep in mind that this report is based on multiple language translations, beginning in Greek, and some of it is electronic. So, as you all know, the latter have been known to leave you wondering if the translation is completely accurate. One report is translated in English online at tinyurl.com forward slash dj6si-verdict. An international team of researchers have used radio beacon transmitters and satellite technology to track the movements of the giant manta rays. According to a Times News report, a team headed by Rachel Graham of the Wildlife Conservation Society in Punta Gorda, Belize, attached transmitters to six rays off the coast of Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. They reported in the journal PLOS-1 that they monitored the rays for periods ranging from 27 to 64 days. 
Their preliminary findings for the Atlantic Mantis showed that they traveled as far as 680 miles over a one- or two-month period, searching for food most of the time staying close to the coastline. They also find that the rays spend considerable time in shipping lanes, which rendered them vulnerable to being hit by the freighters. A full in-depth text of this very interesting use of radio tracking can be found online at tinyurl.com forward slash manta dash ray dash tracking. Life of Tony Sale, who was the best known, best known for his work in recreating the Colossus computer at Bletchley Park, is to be commemorated by the creation of an award for the best computer restoration project overseen by the Computer Conservation Society, CCS, and backed by Google, the award will seek out those projects carried out in the same spirit that Tony Sale brought to his work, said David Hartley, chairman of the CCS. An article in the publication Computer Weekly notes that Tony Sale, who died in August 2011, was principal science officer at the security service MI5, and says that he was also a radio ham, although it's not clear whether he actually held a license. The Brunei government says it's cracking down on anyone found operating amateur radio gear without government authorization. Members of that nation's citizenry who are convicted of illegal use of amateur radio equipment without a license from the Authority for Info Communications Technology Industry of Brunei, Darussalam, or AITI, will face a maximum fine of 10,000 Brunei dollars, up to three years' imprisonment or both. This new anti-pirate operating campaign appears aimed primarily at those unlicensed individuals who use mobile gear on the VHF and UHF amateur bands. It was announced by the AITI during a briefing on the first of several joint operations with the Baracus police to crack down on illegal use of radio equipment. The operations involved a dedicated corps of 16 police personnel and seven AITI officials. Turning to ham radio in space-related news, some new amateur radio satellites based on cell phones were recently shown to the public at the 2012 Bay Area Maker Fair in San Mateo, California. Amateur Radio Newsline's Skeeter Nash, N5ASH, reports. Among the displays was one for the PhoneSat amateur radio satellites. These are a pair of ham radio satellites, both of which run the Android operating system and will be enclosed in a standard 1U CubeSat structure. PhoneSat 1.0 cost about $3,500 and is built around the Nexus 1 smartphone. It will operate on battery power only with a mission lifetime of approximately one week. Its big brother, called PhoneSat 2.0, used a Nexus S smartphone and has solar panels on each face for a mission lifetime that should last at least two weeks when it will likely deorbit. The IARU has coordinated a frequency of 437.425 MHz for the AX.25 AFSK downlink. The first launch is scheduled for the third quarter of 2012 on the Antares 110 launch vehicle. It will carry two PhoneSat 1.0 satellites and one PhoneSat 2.0. A second PhoneSat launch is expected to occur sometime in 2013. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline and the RSGB. The MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www 
rsgb.org. I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA. Believe it or not, this story from our Weird and Wonderful file. Weird and Wonderful. And quickly, in today's Weird and Wonderful, may we suggest you check your junk box. Why? Well, a rare surviving first model of the Apple computer, a stripped-down clunky device that bears no resemblance to today's sleep pads, has sold for $374,000 at auction in New York. The price was more than double the pre-sales estimate, reflecting a two-way bidding war eventually won by an anonymous telephone bidder, Sotheby said. The Apple One computer was created by Apple co-founders Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs and sold in 1976 at the birth of Jobs' career as the world's computer design guru. The model auctioned in New York is believed to be one of six of the less than 50 surviving that still works. Across Australia from BK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5RAD 147FM at 9am local every Sunday morning. I'm Bob, VK5NZ. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ. Special Events and On Air Contest Column, Dateline 2012. VK Winter VHF UHF Field Day on this weekend. ZLNZAT Memorial Contest July 1st full weekend. VK ZL Trans Tasman Contest 80 plus 160 metres, July 21. VK Remembrance Day Contest August 11 and 12. Worldwide International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend August 18 and 19. Worldwide Oceania DX Contest SSB October 6. Worldwide Oceania DX Contest CW. October 13. VK Spring VHF UHF Field Day in November 24 and 25. Special Event Stations DX and Vegan and NetAdvice. 3D QSL Cards. It seems everything is going 3D these days. Alexander Savanok 4Z5L said it has produced a 3D QSL card. He created it using the online service at snappilypro.com. CK6S, Special Event Station for the 100th Anniversary of the Calgary Stampede, July 5-15. to A special QSL card will be available through the QSL Bureau or Direct. Planned frequencies are in the general portion of the US phone bands around 3.825, 7.18, 14.25, 21.32 and 28.475. K40. Puerto Rico special event. Sunday, July 1, the Puerto Rico Olympic Committee will be celebrating the flag-bearing of the Puerto Rico delegation to the Summer Olympic Games in London. The Puerto Rico Amateur Radio League will be joining the Olympic Committee in the celebration by setting up at Puerto Rico Olympic Committee headquarters. 
we will be using the special call sign K4O for this event. Media Watch, Northern Tasmanian Amateur Radio Club, Repeater News, a broadcast trial. The Ben Lehman Repeater VK7RBH antenna is possibly the highest in Tasmania, and the club have been pondering the actual extent of that repeater's coverage. While it enjoys a lofty perch on the mountain, they have long known that the site is less than ideal for repeater purposes. The plateau-like nature of the summit effectively shields much of the area surrounding the mountain's base. In addition to the usual service via VK7RAA at Mount Barrow, a few broadcasts are likely also being relayed through VK7RBH by Peter VK7PD. Peter will also conduct callbacks after the broadcast via VK7RBH. If you can... Please take a listen on 438.050 MHz and if you manage to copy the broadcast via this service, please call back to let Peter know and also provide him with your listening location. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Enningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Brisbane area, it can be heard on 1843 kHz AM at 0900 local time Sunday mornings. I'm Terry, VK4 Alpha, Alpha Tango. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV. Ian Wade, G3NRW, has released a Kenwood TS590S Slow Scan TV Quick Start Guide. The TS590S USB port is extremely user-friendly when running digital modes. No interface unit is necessary, just connect the PC to the radio with a standard off-the-shelf USB cable and you're in business. Exactly the same applies when using the USB port for analogue radio. G3NRW's how-to explains how to configure MMSSTV, one of the most popular analogue SSTV packages, to work with the TS590S. To download the how-to, read the URL in this week's text edition, best found at wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. RS Digipeter moves to 437.550 MHz. The Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, or RS Digipeter, has changed frequency from 145.825 MHz to 437.550 MHz. Packet operations were moved to the Columbus module UHF radio when the Kenwood D700 radio was recently powered off due to needing an additional air purifier to support the recently arrived automated transfer vehicle. As a result, the purifier is now using the power outlet that the Kenwood normally uses. The Russian team has agreed to briefly power off the purifier for the scheduled RS school events, but then will reactivate the purifier right afterwards. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio The 2012 Tom Quilty Gold Cup National Equine Endurance Championships were held at St Helens on the east coast of Tasmania this month. Weissen provided checkpoint crews and communications between checkpoints and base. Handhelds and mobile radio communications between ride officials were also supplied. Other support included track mapping and web-based distribution of competitor tracking. Well, that's it for this week. That's all I have. 
This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. I'm Graham, VK4BB. Time to look at the social scene for 2012. Just before we go, we did mention this. July 7 to 8 in VK3 is Gipstech 2012, the Monash University Gippsland Campus Churchill. Remember, it's not too late to register. Registrations close on the 30th. July 14 in VK4 is the Wide Bay Ham Fest at the West Maribyrnong Scout Hall. July 21, VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest at Cranbourne. The WIA VK4 Club President's Lunch at Harvey Bay takes place July 21. Albury-Wodonga Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest at Lavington Scout Hall takes place July 29. The NCRG Hamfest at Cyril Jackson Rec Centre Ashfield takes place August the 5th. Sarkfest at Summerland, the Amateur Radio Club rooms at Lismore, August 12. November 4 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at Goodwood. The Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest takes place in VK3, November 11. That's one you won't forget. November 25 in VK3, SPARC Hamfest at Rosebud. Now, if you'd like to submit news items for inclusion in the VK1WIA broadcasts, email your item in text to nationalnews at wia.org.au. To submit audio, read how to submit items in the weekly news page on wia.org.au and please just check it back to make sure the quality is okay before you submit it. And remember, the sooner you do submit material, the more the likelihood of it being broadcast in the very next edition of WIA National News. Each item will only be broadcast once. If you want a couple of mentions, please submit different slants to keep your event fresh. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.